and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. We're going to step away for just a little bit and then we're going to come right on back and jump right on in today's show. does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. Again, I am your host, Rachel Meiselman, and this is WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. Uh, Where should I begin? How about the beginning? There is, or there will be, there will be an election this year. There will be several elections this year. Uh, As I have started to discuss there is going to be or there are going to be Boston City Council elections this year and I really do want people to get out and vote it's just so important if all the people who could take the time to tweet and post on Facebook could actually go out and vote my goodness gracious what a difference there would be what a difference I love listening to people who are more moderate or conservative like myself. And they say, well, Boston's a lost cause. It's, you know, there's just, there's nothing that can be done. It's, it's just gone too far to the, uh, to the left. Well, if the only people, well, I shouldn't say the only people, but if the majority of the people that go out to vote belong to one political faction, what incentive do reasonable candidates have, or reasonable, reasonable people, I should say, what, what incentive is there for reasonable people, moderates, conservatives, knowledgeable people, committed, engaged, and pa- uh, passionate people, what incentive or incentives is there, are there for them to get out and, and throw their, stand up and throw their hats into the ring? There really is none. There are none. Is, are, because, again, people don't want to vote. They just don't want to vote. And, and, and it's just really galling because I, I've said, oh my gosh, so many times that, you have the Constitution, and there are what? There are four amendments that address voting. And, and it just, it astounds me that people just don't want to take it seriously. They just, they don't want to get up and perform their civic duty. But... They'll post on social media. They'll gripe on social media. 
And what it comes down to is on the political right, people are not mobilized, especially here in Massachusetts. To be somewhat fair, it's difficult to mobilize here because the Massachusetts Republican Party, not that all moderates or conservatives are Republican, of course, but, you know, for for the moderates and conservatives who are Republican, they don't really have too much choice. They really don't uh, because the the operatives, the longtime operatives, many of them, and certainly the current leadership, but some of the past chairs, you know, in the recent past uh, of the Massachusetts Republican Party as well, the goal isn't to grow the party. I'm tired of the rhetoric. I I really am. I don't want to hear it anymore. How many times are we going to say the same thing? Well, we need to build from the ground up. Agreed. Now do it. What's holding you back? The fact of the matter is, is we all know that we need to build from the ground up. So how many times are we going to say it? And if I sound perturbed, irked, outright angry, maybe even furious, I don't know. It's because I've been listening to the same talk for I don't know how many years. And, you know, I've said repeatedly that Jim Lyons has been horrible. He's been horrible for Republicans in Massachusetts because he never stepped into that role to be the leader, to be the chair of the Republican Party. He stepped into that role to hold on to power. No longer in office. He got ousted, so no longer in office, no longer in the Massachusetts uh, state legislature. He was in the House for a number of years. No longer there. He wanted to be relevant still. He wanted to be powerful still. He wanted to be able to talk and have people listen to him still. And so being the chair of the party has allowed him to do that. If he had gone into this role with the idea of actually growing the party, well, then maybe I might be a little bit more tender in my review, if you will. Because I would say something along the lines of, well, he tried, he cared, but he just simply wasn't a good fit. In fact, he was a horrible fit. Fact of the matter, however, is that Jim Lyons doesn't care about growing the party. He has turned the Republican Party into the Jim Lyons social slash political club, a socio-political club. And membership is contingent upon acquiescing to his perspectives. That's not very interesting. And when you have such a figure on the political right that occupies so much of a room, so to speak, who sucks up 
this much of the oxygen, available oxygen, people who are more moderate or conservative really don't have too many places to go. They don't really have too many options. And even though he's not serving as chair to be the chair of the Massachusetts Republican Party, he's still a leader on the political right. For those moderates and conservatives who are Republican or for the right-leaning independents, he is a leader by virtue of his position. And Jim Lyons is not about mobilizing. Well, not to accomplish anything of any kind of substance. So what do we do? Well, we spend our time trying to own the libs, the liberals, right? We want to one-up them on Twitter. We want to, we you know... What's the word? Oh, yeah, destroy. Okay, my, my, my ideological side uh, of the aisle, my political side of the aisle, we love to talk about that. Oh, so-and-so just destroyed. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, so what does that accomplish, though? You have Aiden Kearney, and I, I'm sorry, I'll always look at Aiden Kearney through the lens of 2020. When I was running for the 7th Congressional District seat, he was yet another, for lack of a better word, media outlet uh, for Rayla Campbell. So I can't really see him in any other light. He was an adjunct, if you will, of her campaign. Uh, Lots of air quotes there because that wasn't a campaign. Just like Jim Lyons didn't stand up and run for party chair to be the party chair, Rayla Campbell didn't uh, agree to run for the 7th Congressional uh, District seat out of concern for her community, her family, any of that other political razzmatazz that people want to kind of spin and, 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 you know, toss about. She wanted to make a name for herself. She wanted celebrity. She wanted money. She wanted status, right? So to get back to Aiden Kearney, the, the reason why I bring him up, uh, known, I guess, to his, his his fans, his his readers, his subscribers as, you know, Turtle Boy, Dr. Turtle Boy. He generally publishes information, some of which I, I will be fair, some of which does need to be known. But the problem is, to what end? To what end? What are are we going to do with this information? Because if it's just digging around, because that's that's really what he does. He goes through social media. He digs through people's social media. He avails himself of public information and just makes it public to a wider public. (laughs) 
it's I mean, it's not it's not a one sleuthing that he does. It's not I wouldn't call it investigative journalism. I just he. It's low rent. Muck. What's the word? Muck racking <laughs> journalism. It, 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 journalism. Again, lots of air quotes. It's. It's putting out salacious con- content. And again, as I said, to be fair, some of it we should know. Some of it we should know. But then what does it accomplish at the end of the day? Let me let me take uh, a very concrete example. He ran some uh, article, or maybe it was articles, on now State Senator Liz Miranda. Now, it didn't put her in the best light, but let me tell you what she did. She, I think she might have even locked down her Twitter. And she just simply, uh, because it was it was something uh, relative to some, some tweets that she had posted. Uh, I think one went back to 2012. And, and she essentially just scrubbed her, her, her t- uh, you know, Twitter line. That's all. I think she, uh, I think she uh, at one point made it private and then just got rid of all the offensive tweets. And then that was the beginning and end of it. You know, she she won her race for state senator. And I don't even think she really had to break a sweat. So to what end? So people were outraged for however long. They were angry. And then what? Nothing. <laughs> Liz, Miranda, Liz Miranda won her seat. She won it handily. And she's going to have that seat for as long as she wants. Or for at least two or three terms, four or five terms. So again, I think that there is room for what Aiden Kearney does to, to some extent. I think that when you're, why don't I phrase like this? When you stand up, to serve when you are a public figure, it's important that you have a certain measure of decorum. People do hold you to a higher standard of, of conduct. They do because you are a public figure. You are a leader. People put their trust in you. They're entrusting their their welfare. Uh, if they have uh, an issue. Uh, sometimes it, it could be of a delicate nature. So it's it's important that as an elected official, public servant, that the, there's some kind of behavioral code. And, and it's not like there is a, a tract that is, is passed around or anything like that, but it's just, it's understood. It's understood. It's expectations. Reasonable expectations. And that's that. And so if people are not adhering to these elevated, necessarily elevated standards, then we need to have someone or s- several someones 
maybe even many someones, call that bad behavior out, highlight it, and make sure that people do know about it. But to what end? I see with Aiden Kearney that people get very, very upset. They get outraged. And then what? There's, there, you know, there's, there's like, it's kind of like blah, 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 and then mm, silence, you know, it's, and it's nothing. It's, you know, it's, I, so again, to what end? To what purpose? Let me tell you what the left does. The left mobilizes. And the left keeps on running people. And the left goes in areas. The left does not wait. The political left does not wait to get an invitation to go somewhere. Members of the political left say, excuse me. Can you move out of my way? I'm trying to get into this room. They do not fear. There's there's not this same fear or level of fear that leaves them second-guessing themselves as to where they belong or where they should be. They go everywhere. I mean, I it's it's no, it's something. I remember in 2020, I remember being in South Boston on primary day. And let me tell you something. There were Bernie Sanders supporters there. Now, don't get me wrong, there are uh, some people now who are maybe more more liberal, more left-leaning now in Southie. Uh, to those who, of you who are less familiar with Boston, the South Boston neighborhood of Boston, uh, its nickname is Southie. So most people, many people refer to the South Boston neighborhood of Boston as Southie. Um, Southie is, you know, traditionally it, it, it was it was working class, and it was conservative, uh, moderate, you know, moderate leaning leaning right conservative. Uh, you know, now you have uh, you've had an influx of, of people, uh, people moving in from other places. They might be a little bit more left leaning or not. All right, there's certainly that. And then, of course, there are people who are from Southie. Um, but maybe they have had exposure to, I don't know, different types of education, um, different experiences, so they might be more left-leaning. But the point is, it's not quite as conservative of a a block as it has been in the past. But it's still fairly conservative. And so that's my point. Bernie Sanders... His team, his local team, sent people to South Boston. Now, ain't that something? Meanwhile, Republicans, if you look at our history, let's, let's talk about Republicans specifically. Let's, you know, let's not talk about conservatives because 
again, because if we just say simply conservatives, you know, the idea isn't necessarily, oh, well, you're talking about a Republican. You you could be talking about a Democrat. They are there. They are there. Um, but talking about uh, Republicans, you know, Republicans, it's it, <laughs> they Republicans in this state, especially in this part of the state. There are so many places they don't go. I've knocked on doors. People of different colors, different ethnic backgrounds, they've never had a Republican reach out to them before. It's true. I remember I was I was going to run uh, again for the 7th Congressional District seat. Uh, I ultimately chose not to, and I think that at this point in my life and what I'm doing now, uh, or what I have the opportunity to do, I chose to do it as opposed to run a second time. I think I made the right decision. I really do. Um, but, you know, as I was before I had this opportunity, before the opportunity arose, I was trying to get on the ballot. So I was collecting signatures, and one— Republican, I know who it was. She was telling people not to sign my nomination papers. And I guess people were keeping track, watching what I was doing, which I find rather incredible. But yeah, I mean, but I guess that's uh, my naivete which one would think that I wouldn't have uh, at this stage in the game, but you know, maybe that's, it's, it's either a good thing or it's a very bad thing. Um, I'll be positive tonight and I'll say that it's a good thing um, because then it means I'm not totally jaded. <laughs> but I, I was a little bit surprised that people were watching me that closely. So I was knocking on doors and I guess, word got around and this one said something to this one and that one and so on and so forth. And so what this woman was saying, in addition to telling people not to sign my nomination papers, which of course is incredibly nasty, uh, she was also saying, well, you're just, she's just knocking on the same doors. Now, rather than question the source or asking this person at the least, well, what's wrong with knocking on the same doors, you don't want to take your voters for granted or your supporters for granted or people who would be inclined to listen to you. You don't want to assume that they're going to sign your paper or eventually vote for you. I mean, why Why would you do that? Instead of saying something or anything like that, uh, you know, people just, oh, yeah, she's knocking on the same doors. Well, let me tell you something. Again, the doors that I was knocking on, yeah, sure, some of them were the same doors. Again, that makes sense, right? But I was knocking on other doors, too. And so I was trying to expand my reach, something that a lot of Republicans don't do. What a lot of Republicans do do is they watch people like me reach out to others, and then they say, huh, well, if that person is receptive to Rachel, then if I reach out to that person, that person is going to be receptive to me as well because I hold similar views. So rather than actually making efforts themselves, a lot of these operatives, and I just, you know, for lack of a better term, 
Uh, I mean, basically, they're a bunch of hacks, but, you know, operatives, you know, again, we're doing the air quotes, you know, rather than trying to actually build the party and, and, and develop a reach of their own, they'll watch what I do. They'll watch to see who responds and then they'll take it from there. And then we wonder why we don't, the, you know, the party doesn't grow. We wonder why we get the same results. Right? You know, the left, the left, my goodness, you, you have to respect the hustle. You have to respect the fearlessness. You really do. And they're ruthless. Like, they'll just, I mean, they, I mean, they're not satisfied, or they won't be satisfied until it's just like, rum. they've, like, consumed everything. Meanwhile, again, you have Republicans and those who lean Republican who are content to just own those libs on social media. You got to get out and vote. You've got to. It's it, it's non-negotiable. You can't talk about, well, there's more people, you know, who swing hard left than, than the rest of us. Let me correct that. There are more people who swing hard left to actually go out and vote. Give them credit. Give them credit. I mean, you have people who are acquiring a great amount of power who, after they finish their career in politics, land quite nicely. They're taking care of a lot of them. And so some people who are listening might say, whoa, wait, hold up. What are you trying to say there? Like, uh, how, what do you mean? How, how? Who's taking care of them? Okay, well, you know what? How, how about this? Why don't I phrase it like this? You have a lot of people who hold public office. And after they've held public office, they go on uh, maybe to the private sector and they enjoy lucrative careers. And I have a long list of examples of people who held public office and then went on to the private sector and, and, and have enjoyed or are enjoying or have been enjoying lucrative careers. How about that? Is that better for people? Or is that better for people who might object how I initially stated this point? Look, if I sound irritated, if I sound hacked off, it's because I am. It's very easy to blame the political left. It's very easy to say that the left wants to destroy our schools. The left, the left, the left. And so one word that we use now, we sometimes say leftists, you know, people in my political ideological camp, but a lot of times we just, you know, we group all these different people who are in our eyes saying completely far-fetched things, we brand them, or we, we just refer to them collectively as progressives. Okay. 
But the progressives outgun us every single time. They really do. And if I get back to specifically talking about Republicans, let's let's talk about another issue with Republicans. Many Republicans want to start right at the top. And that's not to disparage municipal positions, because I think that being a selectman or on a city council or a member of a town meeting, I think that's incredibly important. That's, wow. And, and, and certainly in Boston, getting onto the city council is tough. It's tough. The stakes are high. It's very, very competitive because it does, you you do get a lot of attention. Boston is a major city. Um, I always say that Boston's a big city. We are a big city. But for a big city, we're small. Notwithstanding that, we have very much a global, very much so, a global reach for a multitude of reasons. For a multitude of reasons. So I, I certainly think that holding public office on a municipal level, serving as a public servant, uh, 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 acting as a public servant on a municipal level, I think it's very, very important. But when I say going in at the top, maybe a better way to express what I'm trying to say is People want to go, Republicans, Republicans, they want to start out as, I'm going to run for state senator. I'm going to run for U.S. Congress. Uh, You know, I'm going to run for this House seat. I'm going to run for U.S. Senate. And so somebody, or maybe several somebodies, or maybe a lot of somebodies listening might say, well, Rachel, what the heck did you do? Well, I ran for a position that I thought matched the duties of which was, you know, some, they were, they were responsibilities that I could carry out well, successfully, based on my background. And a lot of the work that I've done not only here, but overseas, because I did live overseas for an extended period of time, the amalgam, the, you know, the, the, the whole of my experience, I thought would allow me again to be successful in such a role. I had something to say. I had something to bring to the table. I had more to bring to the table than the person who held the seat, who still holds the seat, Ayanna Presley. That is why I ran. I did not run because, oh, well, you know, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I want to go, I want to run for Congress. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, that, that, that should be uh, pretty high profile there. No, because anyone who actually knows me knows that I prefer to be in the background. And that's something that a lot of people might not be able to reconcile so easily with my outspokenness because I'm very forthright in what I think. 
But I say what I think. That's my opinion. That's my contribution to the marketplace of ideas, along with everyone else's contribution to the marketplace of ideas. And that's that. There's that. And then there's me, Rachel, as a human being, as a person. And, you know, obviously we see Rachel Meiselman, Rachel, as a human being and person, that necessarily makes its way into what I say, obviously. Uh, in, 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 in saying that I'm making a contribution to the marketplace of ideas, I believe that my perspective is unique because I'm unique. But I'm unique just like everyone else is unique, right? But then there's, you know, there's that. And then there's me as a person, and I'm private. And I don't need to jump in front of the camera or the microphone. I don't need that. I don't need that validation. I don't need that limelight. And quite frankly, I didn't need to put myself out there. But I wanted to make a difference, and I looked at my experience and what interests that I had and what I've done and what I hope to do. And at that point in time, I said I should not only run, but the place where I could be of most benefit to other people would be in that particular, holding that particular office. So that's why I stood up to run for it. But you have a lot of Republicans, and they just, they, they don't have a platform. First of all, they don't have, they don't, ha- okay, they don't have a platform. Rayla Campbell, Donnie Palmer, Jeff Deal. Can these people please stop running? No platform. And they can't talk at length about the different issues. They talk about the issues just like anyone else who's who has uh, read the headlines, who's read the articles that follow the headlines. You know, they possess that knowledge. That that's their the extent of their knowledge. That is to say that it's not particularly profound. So no platform. No particularly extensive knowledge of the issues at hand. So how the heck are they going to make a difference? They're not. Because if you don't know the issues, then how are you going to offer solutions? You can't do it, can you? Think about it. So if you don't know the issues, you can't offer the solutions, you don't really have a platform or you have no platform at all. The only other idea that one could then possibly entertain about your candidacy is that you're looking to make a name for yourself. You're looking for celebrity. You're looking for money. You're looking for status. You're looking for your time running, air quotes, to yield some kind of opportunity that is perceived by many people as something that would be desirable, but you're unwilling to work for it. And you probably don't have the skill set to try to work for it, even if you wanted to. I'm tired. 
I'm tired because Republicans deserve to have people to vote for. There are people who are leaving this state because they're tired of their voice not being heard. And it's so ironic for me to hear some left-leaning Democrats talk about, you know, Julia Mejia, all means all. You have Joel Richards, who is has stood up and he is running, now he's running for the District 3 seat. Last election cycle was District 4. Well, gee, Joel, if this doesn't work out, there what? There are seven other district seats that you can try to run for? I mean, you know, really. Uh, it's a little hard to talk about how much you love District 3, and that's why you're running, when just two years ago, you were standing up and running for District 4, and you were presumably doing that because you really love District 4. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, give me a break already. But <laughs> But the point is, you have politicians like these people, and they talk incessantly about inclusivity and not overlooking anybody, not leaving anybody behind, yet they are very much content to completely ignore wide swaths of the public that don't hold their views. There are a lot of people who have moderate or conservative views in Boston, and even among people who don't necessarily identify as moderate conservative because maybe they're actually really not, even some of them want to hear what more moderate or more conservative people have to say. And so it's, it's, it's sad, and, and we're suffering. Because we have the same ideas being pushed by the same group of people. And so that's why I come back to what I started off with, my exhortation at the beginning of the show. People have to get out and vote. You don't have to tell people on the political left to get out and vote. My goodness gracious, no. At least not around here. My favorite is when people say to me, well, Rachel, I had your back. I supported you. <laughs> I mean, I can joke about it. Uh, what are you going to do? You mean, I mean, you're going to cry about it? No. But with the results that I got as a writing candidate in a district that is plus 35 Democrat, and before I even got a chance to get to take on Ayanna Presley, I had to get past my own party, Jim Lyons. And I have to slip this in there. If there's anyone out there who honestly thinks that Jim Lyons had nothing to do with Charlie Baker not running a third term, <laughs> please, okay? Please. Jim Lyons most definitely... I, I'm willing to bet. Now, could I be wrong? Hey, absolutely. But I still feel pretty confident in asserting that Jim Lyons being the chair of the Massachusetts Republican Party, that played a role in Charlie Baker not running for a third term as governor of Massachusetts. I'm going to tell you that had he run, 
it would have gotten really nasty. And he would have had a tough time. And there is the possibility that Charlie Baker might not have made it through the primary. And in general, he would have been fine. But he might not have made it through the primary. So you have Charlie Baker, who has a machine behind him, no shortage of cash, and has the ability to raise cash overnight. Lots and lots of it. If he wasn't going to take on Jim Lyons because he knew, at least in part, this factored in. I know it did. You know, because it would have been very difficult. Can people maybe think about how difficult it must have been for me? And then you throw in that it was a pandemic, (laughs) the height of a pandemic, the likes of which many of us have never seen in our lifetimes. So it was, it was tough. It was tough. Um, but, but I'm going to say that the, the results I got, they don't match what I saw and what I heard, if that makes any sense. There were people who wanted to hear another point of view. There were people that wanted to hear my point of view. It just didn't translate to votes. I think that we need to run people. You know, I said earlier in the show, everyone wants to start off running. You know, I'm going to run for governor. I'm going to run for... I'm gonna, and they, they poo-poo Republicans running for municipal positions. You know, someone might be thinking, well, gee, Rachel, are you ever going to run for it? Would you ever run for the Boston City Council? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I, I just, I simply don't know. I mean, could there be a time in the future where at that point in time, the skill set that I have, the experience that I have to make a difference, it would be best suited in that role? Possibly, but I, I just don't, I don't know. I really don't. But what I do know is that Republicans need to stand up. Well, first of all, people need to vote. And the Republican side of things, people need to vote, period. People who, who lean right, they need to vote, period. Right? And then beyond that, Republicans have to start being put up for different offices. You can't neglect chunks, big entire chunks of the state and expect to be competitive. You can't. I'm going to take a quick break. (laughs) Uh, We've been going for a long bit and I do want to take a breather Uh, Sometimes I don't, and I just, you know, I I say a lot. Uh, I I always like to try to make it thoughtful. I don't want to just, I don't want it to be a rant. Uh, (laughs) There might be some people out there who are saying to themselves, well, (laughs) you don't want to rant, huh? (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) it's not what I set out to do, that's for sure. So I've certainly said a lot on today's show. Why don't we go to a quick break, let that marinate a little bit, let that settle. 
come back and we're going to finish off the show. Uh, we're going to continue to explore, you know, this this idea, because if I want people to take away anything, it's this idea of civic responsibility. If you want a particular community, if you want it to be a certain way, you got to stand up and do what you possibly can. And, and it varies at different points in your life. That I get. Trust me, I get that. But, you know, you have to contribute however much you can, however you can, whatever way you can, to, to see that through. And a big part of that is, yes, voting. So on that note, let's go to that break. And then when we come back, yeah, we'll just we'll just write out the show. Uh, we'll continue to explore this idea. And uh, we're going to touch upon a couple of other uh, points that I think um, need to be made, especially ahead of January 31st. And I'm going to tell you what goes down on January 31st. Romance scams steal hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars from unsuspecting victims. My name is Kathy Waters, and I started advocating against romance scammers after my mother's friend told me about a love interest online that was too good to be true. Then I met Brian. My name is Brian Denny, and I served several tours overseas with the United States Army before scammers started using my pictures to take money from victims online. Advocatingforyou.com to learn more. Our jury system needs participation by everybody. Jurors make important decisions that affect lives in our communities. In our courts, everyone deserves fair and equal treatment. People from different backgrounds bring different viewpoints and ask more questions when making decisions. Make a difference and serve on a jury when you get the chance. Brought to you by the Massachusetts Trial Court and the Office of Jury Commissioner. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You have been listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. Hey, look, this is Boston's community radio station. So let's just uh, pick up where we left off. And so, yes, vote, 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 vote. You want your society, your community to work in a certain way. You got to stand up and play a role and in making that happen. So, you know, I've been talking a lot about the political right, Republicans in general, uh, in particular, I should say, actually. Um, and it's just they, we can't continue on this way. And I, I often bring up my run in 2020 for Congress because Of the different things that I had to deal with and what was done to me by the party. And I, you know, I, I come with receipts. I'm not just throwing out allegations. 
making accusations. I, you know, I can point to emails or this or that. You know, I there are things that I can point to. I have receipts, lots and lots and lots of receipts. And, uh, you know, in a lot of instances, it's not even uh, my words. It's, it's the words of Jim Lyons and his, his allies. Uh, what happened to Anthony Amore when he ran uh, last year for uh, state auditor was certainly not nice. But it was nothing compared to what I had to go through. Uh, Anthony Mori was left off of, I guess, the, what was the website at one point by Jim Lyons? I was never even referred to by Jim Lyons, ever. Even through the Signer collection process, I asked the Massachusetts Republican Party for help with signatures. I had difficulty getting lists. Lists were actually withheld from me. And... When I very specifically and clearly asked for help in gathering signatures, I asked Jim Lyons to intervene and exhort the party faithful to sign my nomination papers. I was told that the Massachusetts Republican Party could not get involved because it was a primary. And then I saw shortly thereafter Jim Lyons take my idea and use it to exhort the party faithful to sign the nomination papers for his preferred candidates, including Rayla Campbell. So it's, (laughs) and and then, you know, there were were taunts, there were racial slurs, there were anti-Semitic remarks. So it was really very, very ugly behavior on full display. And I spoke up, and I spoke out, and I stood up to Jim Lyons. You have all these people who are, I guess, tripping over themselves at this point to talk about how horrible Jim Lyons is and how he must go. And I'm kind of wondering why they couldn't make any noise in 2020. But what it comes down to is what Jim Lyons was doing, as horrible as it was, it wasn't affecting these people. When it started to affect these people, then that's when they started talking. And it's not that they didn't hear me. It's, again, they didn't care. It's really quite simple. It's as simple as that. These operatives just didn't care. Did some Republicans care? Absolutely. There were some people, they saw what was happening, and they were appalled. They were absolutely appalled. But a lot of these operatives, no, they didn't care until they were affected. And to now hear them say what now, what I said in 2020, I don't have time for it. It's very easy to say that Jim Lyons has wrecked the party. But it wasn't like the percentage of Republicans, registered Republicans in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was much better. It really wasn't. I mean, it's, it, it has noticeably <laughs> dropped, but it wasn't like we had a sizable percentage 
of of those registered to vote. It wasn't like a sizable percentage was registered as Republican. Let's be honest. We had maybe the appearance of being a legitimate second major political party in the state. We had the trappings of it. We had money. But really, at the end of the day, I mean, we haven't been a viable second party for a long time. Now, over the years, has there been good chairs? Yeah, there have been some chairs have been better than others. Some chairs, I think, could have been better if they didn't have to work within the confines, the strict confines of this, like, ridiculous mindset that the party has. <laughs> it's either... We'll settle for winning the the corner office, or it's well we we're we're the ones who are the real Republicans, and we're trying to clean up this swamp, this cesspool, and we know what we have to do, and it's better to fall on our sword swords than capitulate any more than we already have. Now, of course, both sides are just as self-serving. One is just as self-serving as the other. What we need, again, people to get out and vote. We need people to go to places where they don't normally go. They don't have to wait for invitations. They could be nicer to each other, too, That, but that might be asking for too much. But, I mean, certainly expanding our reach, and in expanding our reach, let's not make a big deal out of it. If Republicans go into black neighborhoods, well, why the heck wouldn't they go into a, a black neighborhood? If they go into a white neighborhood or this neighborhood, you know, if it's a neighborhood where people are registered to vote, why aren't you there? <laughs> you know, why aren't you there? And, and, and one is just as important as the other, you know, like why, but it, you got to go into all the neighborhoods or as many as you can. But don't make a big deal out of it. This is what you should be doing. And if people aren't registered, then that's a golden opportunity, isn't it? The takeaway from this show is, is that we can't just settle for owning the libs. We got to get out and vote. Everyone has to get out and vote, but but certainly the political right, we got to, you know, Republicans, we got to get out and vote. We got to put up quality candidates, and by quality candidates, people who know what they're talking about, who actually know the district that they're representing or they, that they would like to represent. And they have to be present in all the everyday conversations. Republic, the Republican Party can't be a viable party without doing that. If we're not present in the conversations that are taking place around the kitchen tables, around the pub tables, then what point is there in being a party? Because at this point, we really can't pretend that there's really something there because there isn't. And so we have to imagine what the party should be, use a little bit of common sense not just vision, but common sense, and then take all that and build around the core values of the party that are the core values of the party, regardless of who's running it. On that note, 
<laughs> I'm going to have to say goodbye, but I look forward to hanging out with everyone as always next week. Until then, goodbye and certainly take care of yourselves. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.